1: Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
2: Say something positive and you will see something positive. Jim Thompson. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Ruhani, co-hosting the show today.
3: Before we start the program, we want to announce that Be The Star You Are charity is entering the metaverse. By purchasing an NFT from www.starstylecommunity.com, you will be donating to Be The Star You Are. Each NFT is based on a character from Cynthia Bryan's new children's book, No Barnyard Bullies illustrated by Jensen Russell. These NFTs are like baseball trading cards of yore. Check out the roadmap for upcoming events just for Starstyle community members with exclusive experiences of part of the package. It's going to be super fun. Jump into the metaverse and buy our NFTs at www.starstylecommunity.com.
2: Today's show is all about positive thinking. In segment two, me and my co-host Kirthi will be talking to esteemed publisher and literary agent William Gladstone who recently published The Power of Positive Thinking, Interfaith 21st Century Edition, an important book bringing a new perspective to harnessing a positive mindset, inspiring hope, peace, and unity. In segment two, Kirthi will be talking about the biography of Norman Vincent Peale, and right now I'm going to be talking about the health benefits of staying positive. I'm not going to lie, positivity can be hard and it's not okay to feel hard on yourself if you feel like you can't be positive on the daily. But one thing that I've noticed is that there's this weird pressure from our generation not to be positive if that makes sense. Like I grew up at, on a time where like YouTube was like showing these trending videos where everyone was like very self-deprecating and that kind of led to my humor being the same way. And of course, if you feel like you're feeling down or you maybe have like a mental illness or something else that's really bothering you, it's totally okay not to feel positive. But I think it's important to emphasize how much positivity can help you. In fact, positivity can lead to an increased lifespan, lower rates of depression, lower levels of distress and pain, greater resistance to illnesses, better psychological and physical well being, better cardiovascular health and reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease and stroke, reduced risk of death from cancer and respiratory conditions and infections, and also better coping skills during hardships and times of stress. Now, there isn't really some um, clear scientific evidence of why people who engage in positive thinking, um, why they experience these health benefits, but one theory is that having a positive outlook enables you to cope better with stressful situations, um, which reduces the harmful health effects of stress on your body. I definitely learned that last year in AP Psychology that people who actually have less um, stress are less likely to get colds, which is like really weird. And it's also thought that positive and optimistic people tend to live healthier lifestyles and they get more physical activity, um, they follow a healthier diet, and. They usually don't smoke or drink alcohol in excess. Now, again, I feel like it can be very positive, very hard to stay positive, especially during the winter. In fact, um, seasonal affective disorder or SAD affects about four to 6% of Americans a year. And if you're like me, the gloomy weather does not boost your spirits. I'm definitely the type of person who prefers the sunlight and warm weather. And so one thing I know that you can do to mitigate these effects other than psychotherapy and antidepressants, of course, which are always options, are having exposure to sunlight. So whenever it's like sunny, just make sure you sit outside for a little bit. If it's not too cold, maybe you can even sit near a window, um, which helps relieve symptoms. I also like sitting near a fireplace. I feel like having that warmth is such a nice feeling. Um, Luckily, my house has a fireplace and It's just so nice to relax there and cuddle up with a book. I also think light therapy um, is a very good option too. So if increasing sunlight is impossible, exposure to a special light for a specific amount of time each day can help. And I really find that this helps me um, when it's cloudy. Now, another thing I like to do when I'm feeling down is baking. So when it's cold outside, a hot sweet treat is really needed. And the other day I baked these delicious brownies and they were just so good. And for once I didn't make it out of a box. I decided to try something new and it was just this delicious homemade recipe that I found online. It was very fudgy and it was like really nice in the middle which I'm like the type of person who likes the middle parts of the brownie the best. And let me share the recipe in case anyone wants to try it out. So the ingredients are one half cup of butter, one cup of white sugar, two eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, one third cup of unsweetened cocoa powder, one half cup of all purpose flour, one fourth um, teaspoon of salt and a one fourth teaspoon of baking powder. And these are, the, these are the instructions. So preheat the oven to 350 degrees, um, grease and flour in eight inch square pan, melt, melt one half cup of butter in a large saucepan, remove from heat and stern sugar, eggs and one teaspoon of vanilla. Next you beat in the one third cup of cocoa, flour, salt and baking powder spread batter into prepared pan. I also added um, Hershey's Kisses. Um, They were like leftover Halloween candy that hasn't gone bad. And I feel like it really enhanced the taste. Another thing you can put is like coconut flakes. I put a little bit of those in as well, but I know some people don't like coconut, but I felt like it went really well with these brownies. And bake in the preheated oven until top is dry and the edges have started to pull away from the sides of the pan um, about 25 to 30 minutes. And let cool briefly before putting on anything else you want to do. Like I know some people um, prefer frosting on their brownies. But with me, I just had them um, with a bit of whipped cream. And the reason why I baked these is because I was feeling down. I had so much work to do and I just needed a break. And it's okay to have a break from work sometimes. So I just made these and I shared it with my family. We had a good time eating them. And it was just absolutely amazing. It's not just the food, it's like the experience that comes with it. I love cooking and sharing my food with people. It definitely makes me feel more positive. And the recipe credit goes to Angie and all, um, recipes.com So another thing that I feel really helps when you're maybe not feeling your best is journaling. So I always emphasize this, but writing is such a great form of catharsis. And I know that for me, Whatever I feel bothered by can just be transcribed onto paper. Now, if you're a creative person, this um, doesn't just mean like simply writing about the days events. You can even write poetry or fiction based on your problems. Um, During quarantine, I found like this helped me a ton. And I even got to do these workshops with kids, you know, spreading that message. So I feel like writing definitely helps in so many situations. Um, Just let yourself be imaginative And sometimes you never know that your pain can maybe fuel the best art. And I feel like this is very evident from the poem, Hope is a Thing with Feathers by Emily Dickinson. Um, This poem means a lot to me. It fills me up with so much optimism and positivity. Um, So here it goes. Hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard, and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. So, yeah, this is a poem that means a lot to me. And um, one of the things that, one of the lines that really stands out to me is about how it can. This hope persists from the chilliest to strangest sea, and humans are capable of hope, and that hope leads to positivity. And that's it for this segment, but make sure to stay tuned, where we'll be talking to Mr. William Gladstone um, about his new project, The Power of Positive Thinking, Interfaith, 21st Century Edition. So stay tuned, and we want to hear your thoughts, and we want to hear your questions, so email us at TeenRadio at gmail.com
1: Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for information. That's expressyourselfteenradio.com don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.
4: Be the star you are.
0: Light up the flame that burns.
4: yourself.
0: You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Express Yourself.
2: I'm Ruhani, and I'm here with my co host, Kirthi. We'll be having a discussion with William Gladstone, best selling author, literary agent, and publisher. He has worked with some of the most influential authors of our time, including Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, and Thom Hartman. He contributed to the creation of the first print-on-demand publishing company. William has also worked with prominent visionaries, including Tom Anderson, founder of MySpace, Peter Norden, founder of Norden Computing, and Linus Torvalds, creator of the Linux operating system. As an author, William has written 10 books, including Tapping the Source, The Golden Motorcycle Gang, Miracle Soul Healer, Be the Deal, How to Test Your Own Mental Health, and The Twelve. William has served on the boards of public and private companies. He attended Yale College and earned a graduate degree in cultural anthropology from Harvard University. He resides in Cardiff-by-the-Sea, California, with his wife, Gail. Check out www.williamgladstone.com for more information.
3: "William Gladstone's latest, latest publishing project is "The Power of Positive Thinking: Interface: Twenty First Century Edition", an important book bringing a new perspective to harnessing a positive mindset, inspiring hope, peace, and unity. The book weaves spiritual wisdom from three different religions, bridging cultural beliefs and offering practical techniques to embrace optimism in a challenging world." The original book was published in 1952 and sold over 24 million copies worldwide and has been translated into 42 languages. This newly annotated version was conceived and created by humanitarian and entrepreneur Hassan Abdullah Ismaic, who brings a unique perspective to Peol's beloved work. By annotating the book with complementary messages from the three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam... Ismaic enhances its practicality by revealing the connection between all faiths. This new perspective lends a unifying
2: message of peace and love for humanity. Welcome, Mr. Gladstone. We're so happy to have you on here.
5: Well, I'm delighted to be on with you guys, and you do such a good job, everything you guys do. And I really think that the books that we're publishing, including... Uh, you know, our latest, The Power of Positive Thinking, are more important than ever for young people. This book in particular is a classic. And even though it was written, well, gosh, 52, what is that now, 70 years ago? (laughs) Um, It's just as relevant today, maybe even more relevant than when it was first published. And by adding these annotations, what people need to know is Norman Vincent Peale was a pastor of a church in New York City and he had tremendous influence at the time he met with some of the you know most important leaders in America and he was one of the first people to look at things like the psychological component of health and his whole focus was on using passages of from the bible because he was a pastor in giving people insights into how they could use the power of their mind to overcome their difficulties and challenges. And with Hassan uh, Ismaic's interpretation, we now have a book that shows that just as the Bible has a lot of valuable information in it, the Quran for the Muslims and the Torah and other Bibles of the Jewish people are telling us the exact same thing that is in the Bible, and Norman Vincent Peale was able to pull passages that are very relevant to exactly the kinds of challenges we're all facing right now, whether there be health challenges, relationship challenges, career challenges. So the book is full of good advice, and what we're excited about is it shows that what unifies the three major religions of the world, the Muslims, the Jews, and the Christians, is greater than any divisions. So we hope that this book will have a resurgence. We hope we'll sell another 24 million copies. And at the same time, people are understanding how this book can help them. They're also understanding how this book unites all of us because we all face similar challenges and we all come from traditions that have similar beliefs.
2: Yes, I think this unifying message is great for young people. And what I'm really curious about is how did you exactly come to publish The Power of Positive Thinking?
5: Well, the original book, of course, was published in 1952. I was three years old, so I didn't have (laughs) anything to do with that. But what happened was um, Hassan who is originally from Jordan. His father, and I assume it was in Arabic. I I, I met with Hassan, but I I didn't ask him the specific question, but I assume that the first copy he read was in Arabic. It could have been in English, because he learned English as well. But his father was very important to him, and his father thought that The Power of Positive Thinking was the most important book, and the legacy of that book was the most important gift he could give to Hassan. Hassan became the first billionaire, we're talking billion, not million, billionaire Mm -hmm. from Jordan. And he feels that this book was absolutely integral to his evolution as a human being, as a philanthropist, and as a business leader. So he wanted to give back and to honor his father by studying the other religious texts that he was aware of. He, his background, he's fluent in both Hebrew and Arabic. So he went back to the original texts of those religions because he wanted to show that the religions have more in common, even though we know, you know, traditionally, Muslims and Jews, they haven't gotten along so well. But Hassan wants to show, no, look, this advice is universal, and we can mm-hmm. find linkages that unite us. So that was how the book came to me. It came through, actually, his attorney in New York City, um, We're very well known as a publishing company. And so she approached me and said, would you be interested? And, of course, when I had the opportunity, we had to, you know, we worked with the Norman Vincent Thiel Foundation, and the original publisher was Prentice Hall, which was later acquired by Simon & Schuster. So we worked with them to get a special license so that we could do this special interface edition. But it wasn't something that I was aware of. It was something that was brought to my attention.
4: Mm -hmm. That
2: makes a lot of sense, and this is such a positive message for people. And I've never really thought about how these three religions are similar, even though they come from the same region. So I think a lot of people benefit to hear this.
5: Well, that, that's what, what impressed me with the book. When you read the passages, the, the, you know, Norman Vincent Peale, didn't change a word from the original. Every word is there. But Norman Vincent Peale obviously used his Bible when he wanted to make references. And and the book is very, you know, biblical-based. He finds passages in the Bible to support his teachings. And Hassan found almost identical passages in these other sacred books. And that's what makes it so amazing. And what you need to understand, if you haven't ever read The Power of Positive Thinking, the topics covered, I'll just read briefly the table of contents. Believe in yourself. A peaceful mind generates power, how to have constant energy, try prayer power, how to create your own happiness, stop f- fuming and fretting, expect the best and get it, I don't believe in defeat, how to break the worry habit, power to solve personal problems, how to use faith and healing. So these topics are covered in the original the power of positive thinking, and what's so, and in each case, in each one of these chapters, and I just read, you know, the first half of the chapters, there are specific passages from the Bible that Norman Vincent Peale used to support his dissertation. And now, in addition to those chapters, the, those phrases from... The Bible, we have phrases from the Quran and from the Torah, which are almost identical. And this is what is so amazing to me. So, at the same time that you're going through this book and learning so much that it can benefit you individually, you're also learning about how similar the basic message of all these three religions are. They're
2: basically identical messages. Right. And every religion just says the same thing practically, you know, whether we say, like, God, universe, Buddha, or Allah, it's, like, all the same. And I think it's important for us to realize that. And do you think readers need to be familiar with the original version to understand the interfaith edition?
5: Not at all. You don't need to have any background in any religious study to appreciate this book. That's why the book is so popular, the original edition. The power of positive thinking did not require you... To be a biblical scholar it didn't even require you to believe in the bible and in the same way i would say that anyone picking up this book doesn't need to be a believer but read the book and you'll see that the advice being given the quotes are from these sacred books and the advice works <laughs> it stood the test of time so maybe a few of the more skeptical people non-believers will say oh well you know i'm not going to convert and become a religious person but I'm not going to be quite as disdainful of religion Mm -hmm. as I may have been in the past. There is some value there. And that's all we're saying. We're not trying to convert anyone to anything or change anyone's belief system. I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, my mother was an agnostic, and, you know, I, I have friends who are atheists. I think agnostics and atheists can benefit just as much from this book as, you know, true believers in any of the major religions.
3: I really agree with that, Um, Miss. So, um, do you think that this interfaith edition of The Power of Positive Thinking, do you think that, would you say that it's a rewriting of the original one, or would you say it's a rethinking, perhaps, of Mr. Hill's original book? Or do you think that it's, like, maybe the same same virtues, same ideas, but just through the eyes of someone else? Like, what do you think, what would you
5: classify it as? Well, w- this book is the original book. The The editions just illuminate the common thread of the three world religions. But the book itself was written at a time, it was right after, you know, World War II, America was was, you know, just sort of restarting, and it, it was addressing the change that started after World War II. And what was that change? The urbanization of America, the mechanization of America, the increased access to radio and TV, the imposition, and I think this is the correct word from Norman Vincent Peale's perspective, of the media on the average person in America at that time. The world changed. People no longer were living primarily rural existences. They were living very modern existences. And the major problems of the early 50s were, frankly, psychological. For the first time, you know, since the war, people were okay materially. You know, the Depression had ended, there was the Great Depression that was right before World War II. World War II basically took care of the Depression because with the ammunition and, and all the industry that needed to be created to fight the war, there was no longer unemployment. So when the war ended, there was actual abundance again, economic abundance, for the first time in decades in America. But it created a new set of problems, and there were no guidelines for how to deal with these emotional problems, psychological problems. What is the role? You know, women were now, for the first time, leaving homes and going into the workplace. It created all kinds of dilemmas that there were no answers for. And Norman Vincent Peale, as a pastor, was constantly being placed in a situation of trying to give advice to those who came to his church. So he had a very broad view and perspective. And so whether it was someone who was a workaholic and trying to get them to communicate better with their wife, or someone who had very low self-esteem, he was able to uh, involve solutions and create solutions, in his case, based primarily on what he believed was being taught in the Bible, but they were very practical. It wasn't the Bible of 2,000 years ago. It was applying the Bible to the situation in the early 1950s. So we have a book that, yes, okay, that's 70 years ago. The problems today are different, but are they really that different? They're just more intense. There's even more media. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have the social media pressure. But it was the beginning of all of this. And a lot of the advice in this book is timeless. The advice is just as good today as it was 70 years ago.
2: I think it's like even more necessary now, honestly, like you were saying with the media and social issues that we just hear about all the time. We're constantly exposed to like the news and it can be so grim sometimes. I know that it's hard to stay positive And then these messages can really help, I feel, my generation. Very much I
5: mean one of the things that Vincent Peel and you have to see the perspective, he was like very much on reconnecting with nature. And this is something I, I believe in very much. We made a film Tapping the Source, Cynthia Bryan's in it, and we asked over a hundred famous authors and actors, actresses and business people what was their source of happiness. And two things came out. Mm-hmm. One was finding a way to express gratitude every day. And the second was finding a way to be of service. And the third was finding a way to connect to nature. And this is something that is, is missing in most lives today. Yeah. It was just the beginning of urbanization at a mass scale in the early 1950s. But Norman Vincent Peale, actually, there's a passage I don't have in front of me where he says, so we go on a walk in the woods, and these young people, they're listening to their transistor radios. They should be listening to nature. Well, <laughs> you know, today, if you go to the beach or you go to the the park or you go, you know, even hiking, you know, the majority of people, they've, they've got their ear pods or whatever, <laughs> they're listening to music, <laughs> and it's sort of defeating the whole purpose of get out of the man-made, get back into the divine, get back into nature. It's all around us, and we need to keep that connection. So, you know, that's just one small, you know, instance where where I think Norman Vincent Peale's advice is actually more important today than it was 70 years ago, but the, the book is just full of of these gems that really can help all of us, not just young people, but anyone who, you know, is feeling a little lost and overwhelmed. And, you know, I personally am, am you know, cutting back significantly on the amount of news, either from TV or, or newspapers, right. because it's just it's too much. We're, we're overwhelmed. It's like, uh, it, you know, we've <laughs> got to just realize that we do control our own environment but we have to make a choice to do that.
3: Yeah, actually, um, to the listeners, if you guys ever want to hear like some more of Mr., Mr. Norman Vincent Peale's advice, he actually had a radio program and a radio series. They were called The Art of Living and Live with Confidence. I don't know about The Art of Living, but Live with Confidence, you can actually listen to, like mm. on... We'll have a we'll have a like music or podcast to stream. So everyone, like even you, Mister Gladstone, I yes, I, I didn't know that. I thank you. I, I was not it. aware
5: they had saved all of those old <laughs> radio. programs. I mean, there are some marvelous things about technology. We have access to almost everything. So I'm not an anti-technology person. I just you know we need to control the technology, not have the technology control us.
3: Yeah, and it's weird to think that. Um, like almost a hundred years ago, Norman Vincent Peale was like in our positions right now, you know, talking in a podcast, talking to mm-hmm. a mic and sharing his thoughts with the world. It's it's kind of weird. At the same time, it's kind of touching to think that he was, was like us. He was like us <laughs> at one point in time. So, Mr. Gladstone, what do you personally do to stay positive? And has this by Mr. Peel influenced to life
5: as well? Okay, so I actually go back to someone who influenced Norman Vincent Peel. Um, when I wrote Tapping the Source, I became a student of Charles Hannell who wrote The Master Key System. The Master Key System was written in 1912, when Norman Vincent Peale was a very young person. I don't know whether he ever read that book directly or not, but the impact of that book really was the beginning of what we call the human development movement. Uh, Napoleon Hill quoted it and said he owes everything that he wrote in Think and Grow Rich to Charles L. So indirectly, Norman Vincent Peale also owes a great debt Charles L. because Charles L. was the person who came up with ideas like the law of attraction, which is not what the secret talked about, but is the law that if you send out positive energy, you're going to attract positive energy and many other principles which are being proven accurate. And so how do I deal with all this? Charles L. was a big fan of meditation. In, in his day, There was a lot of leisure time. He developed a program, The Master Key System, in which you actually meditated for at least an hour a day, and it took 26 weeks to learn the meditation process. We created, in Tapping the Source, a book that you can read in a couple of hours, and you can learn a much more streamlined version of that meditation. And you can, in fact, do the meditation in as little as two minutes a day. Obviously, if you take 20 minutes, you're going to get to a deeper level. But even two minutes of meditation can be an amazing adjustment and set your day off in the right direction. So that's really what I do because I'm a type A person and I'm very busy. I have a lot to do. When I can, I will take 20 minutes or even an hour. But what I always do is I take at least two minutes just to center myself. Then the other things that I do, I'm very fortunate. I live very close to the ocean. Here in Southern California, and at least two or three times a week, I will take an hour to do a two hour beach walk. And then I also believe in exercise, and I like to play tennis and golf. And um, I know, so I, I like to have a very uh, solid, balanced routine. And um, you know, that's those are the things that are most important to me. And then, of course, you know, spending time with family. And, you know, I'm very fortunate I have a wonderful wife. And, you know, having a relationship and having someone who you care about and who cares about you is, is really the, the, the ultimate secret of happiness, I believe. Um, and, you know, having children and grandchildren they're, they're such blessings.
2: Yes, and I I really think that this positivity can help you in your professional life as well, which has been amazing. I mean, you've done so many great things. You've worked with so many amazing people, and this project is just another example. Well, well, and
5: and I'm glad you mentioned that because it is ultimately through one's work that you can achieve the greatest happiness because what is work? Work is really being of service to others. That's the way I, I always approach what I do. If I can help an author, if I can help, you know, a, uh, a publisher, it gives me great pleasure to do that. And in doing that. We help other people. I mean, some of the books that I've had the honor and privilege to represent have, have sold literally 20, 30 million copies. I'm not just talking about this one book, The Power of Positive Thinking. I mean, our Four Dummies book series has sold over 500 million copies, and, you know, particularly at the time the internet was just starting and computers were just starting. Tens of millions of people's lives were improved because they were able to use these books to master the technology that otherwise would have taken them months and months to learn. So I I feel very blessed with the the type of work that, you know, I was born to do. And, um, yes, the principles that you learn in a book like The Power of Positive Thinking will definitely help you in your career because what you learn is that it's helping others That really is the key to success in any business that you go after.
2: Yes, and it's also the power of words, you know, spreading these messages. It's so important, like we were talking about. And, um, you know, one last question that I'm sure our listeners are dying to hear is, why did you enter the publishing industry in the first place? Like,
5: Well, that's what? a very easy question, because I was born to do it. <laughs> My father started a publishing company in 1936, so I was literally conceived to run his publishing company. <laughs> As things turned out, and I did run his company for a short time, but for a variety of reasons, it was the right decision to sell that company. And so I was left without a company, and that made me realize how, much I love publishing because i 'd done other things, and I still do other things I've produced movies, and you know there's other things I like to do. I like to write my own books as well, but I was Taught from the age of two or three, as soon as I had any understanding, all about book publishing. I was actually offered to be editor in chief of a company that wanted to buy my father's company when Uh-oh. I was just twenty-one. Um, and I said, "Do you really think I'm qualified?" And they said, "Oh, you don't even know what you know," because I, 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 you know, it was just like other people, you know, might talk sports. At, dinner, we would talk about what was going on with my dad's publishing company. So <laughs> it was something that I just learned, you know, right away, you know, from from very young age. So I, I really was gifted to know more about publishing than probably anybody my age. And, you know, I, I was still in my young 20s when I ran Harcourt Braces, What I ended up doing it. I took a job with Harcourt Brace Jovanovich in San Diego, and I ran their trade publishing division. Um, And then after a couple of years, I created Waterside. And, um, you know, it's been, it's just been marvelous. I mean, we've, the books that we've represented have actually generated over $5 billion in retail sales. And Um, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of copies we've sold, but a lot.
2: Wow, that is just so amazing to hear. And Thank you so much, Mr. Gladstone. It was so formative and well it's such a my pleasure, pleasure and I, I
5: really applaud what you're doing and you know, Thank you just you. keep doing it and um, check our website and if there's any books or authors that you want to feature on future shows, just let me know and I'll make sure <laughs> that they they show up. Of
2: course. Yeah. And- Listeners, be sure to check out more of William Gladstone's projects at www.williamgladstone.com and to check out the Power of Positive Thinking Interfaith 21st Century Edition. And stay tuned for the next segment where Kirti will be talking about Norman Vincent Peale. Thank you. Well,
5: thank you so much. You have a wonderful evening.
1: You too.
4: Be the star you are, light up the flames,
0: it burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit Be bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are org.
4: Be the lucky star. You yourself
0: you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens.
3: Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your co-host with my co-host, Suhani and right now, it's, it's moi, me. The positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Winston Churchill. Salutations from your local... You're local. You're local. Why can't I say that word? There seems to be a problem. No. Nerd. Extraordinaire. Charlie, Nerd Extraordinaire is not available at the time. Please leave a voicemail at the beep. Beep. Well, you heard the weird robot thing. Nerd Extraordinaire is not available at the time. Oh, what a woe! Again, this little polywog couldn't find a way to connect positive thinking to debate. Sigh. No Nerd Extraordinaire for the second time in a row, due to my blatant ignorance. Boo hoo. But don't worry. Nerd Extraordinaire will be back soon. Perhaps in 2023? Hmm. But for now, it's just plain old Kofi. Now, if I had a penny for every time British Kofi kidnapped me, I would have two pennies, which isn't much, but it's still weird. Thank God British Truthy isn't here today. So for all of you who don't know who British Truthy is, she's my incredibly annoying friend, acquaintance, counterpart who shares the same name. Let's just say acquaintance for now. My incredibly annoying acquaintance. as As you might have heard us interviewing in the second segment, We were interviewing Mr. Gladstone, who wrote an interface edition of Norman Peale's renowned book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Now, I thought that I'd get you all a little bit backed up with some information, or a short biography, if you will, of Mr. Norman Vincent Peale. So, by the look, uh, looks of Mr. Peel, you know that he's a cool person. I mean, he wears Harry Potter glasses and actually pulls them off? A lot of people have tried and ultimately failed at that. You have to be a really cool person to pull off Harry Potter glasses. Legend says that no one has ever done that since Daniel Radcliffe. I'm just starting to realize that Daniel Radcliffe came after Mr. Pure, but shush. It's my segment, so I can change up time however I want according to my finding out about them. I found out about Daniel Radcliffe wearing Harry Potter glasses before Mr. Peel wore Harry Potter glasses. Therefore, Daniel Radcliffe wore Harry Potter glasses before Mr. Peel, Peel wore Harry Potter glasses in my books. Wow, that was, that was a mouthful. Now that I look at them, Mr. Peel's glasses don't really look like Harry Potter glasses anymore. But, you know, Daniel Radcliffe's glasses weren't even glasses they didn't even have any lenses. Huh. Anyway, Mr. Peel is a cool guy. Harry Potter glasses or no Harry Potter glasses. Mr. Peel was born in 1898 and died at age 95 in 1994. See, he's cool. He lived up to 95 years. And the average age, the average lifespan of a human is supposed to be in the 70s. So, that's, that's a pretty big achievement, if you ask me. So, Mr. Peel lived in Ohio as a part of a Methodist family. So, when he graduated college, he was ordained, which is the fancy word for made a priest. Of course, he was ordained as a Methodist. He earned a Bachelor of sac- Sacred Theology and a Master of Arts in Social Ethics. So, two very, very interesting subjects. He was assigned to a congregation, group of religious people in Brooklyn in 1924. In 1927, Peel moved to the University Method Church in Syracuse. Syracuse. I do not know that there that is a place called Syracuse. And it and, and it's in New York. So, over there, he again inspired a larger congregation and became one of the first clergymen to have his own radio program. As you might have heard in the second segment, I noted off about that a little bit in nineteen thirty five, his weekly radio programme, The Art of Living, soon reached a national audience. So I don't know if you can you can listen to The Art of Living today. I mean you should, you probably should be able to. As mister Gladstone said in segment two, after World War II, there was a lot of a lot of innovation, you know, stuff like radio programs became very prominent very abundant, so it's no surprise that such an inspirational figure like Mr. Peel started a radio program. So he started two radio programs. One was a radio program, and the other was a series. So, The Art of Living, and then from 1967 to 1971, he recorded a radio series called Live With Confidence and gave many lessons for living. Now, Mr. Peel, as we all know, is the original writer of the the power of positive thinking. So in these two podcasts, radio programs, whatever you want to call them, he he kind of shared his ideas with the world through speaking, and I feel like that's a really profound way to do. As a debater myself, I I like writing. I do like writing, but I feel like speaking speaking is a place is my happy place. I feel like I can share my ideas. In such a more magical way, while I'm speaking, and speaking can sometimes be a magical thing. Like speaking can have some things that writing doesn't. Like you know, it's much easier to express emotion. So I feel like the 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 fact that Mr. Peel um, expressed his ideas through speaking was really nice because because it wasn't only through through written word. So, moving on from the topic of podcasts, he also was the editor of a weekly four-page spiritual leaflet for businessmen called Guideposts, which by the 1950s had become a widely popular monthly magazine. So, as you can see, Mr. Peel was very multi-talented, you know, he could write, he could be an editor for a magazine, he could be a podcaster. And five years later, Peel changed his de- denominational affiliation to the Reformed Church in America in order to accept the pastorate at the Marble Collegiate Church in New York City. Now that's a very fancy sentence. I couldn't have possibly made that sentence on my own. I got that last sentence straight out of a Botanica page. Sue so- me. And I have absolutely no idea what denominational affiliation means. Okay, let's go to the Google. Okay, it means religious cooperation or something like that. So basically, he was in religious cooperation with the affirmed church in America. So after World War II, Peel founded and served as an editor of a weekly four-page spiritual leaflet so um, by the 1950s, he he had actually made it a very popular monthly magazine. So he actually took up writing only after he did this whole leaflet thing. So his first book was The Art of Living, 1937. And wait a second, wait a second. Wasn't that radio program the exact same name? Yeah, maybe the radio program influenced his book. I, I was not aware of that. So maybe the radio program was was an outreach. Maybe like like what like a product of his book, I dunno. So he also wrote You Can Win in nineteen thirty eight, A Guide for Confident Living, nineteen forty eight, and this was all before the appearance of the Power of Positive Thinking. Later volumes included Six Attitudes for Winners, nineteen eighty nine, and This Incredible Century, nineteen ninety one. He retired as senior pastor in nineteen eighty four. So the power of positive thinking is about be- believing in yourself and taking control of your life, which are both caused by changing your attitude, believing in success, and practicing positive thinking. As you can see, Mr. Peel is a revolutionary thinker, theologist, and religious leader. A.K.A. he's a cool person. Here's a nice little quote from our dude, Mr. Peel. The way to happiness. Keep your heart free from hate, your mind from worry. Live simply, expect little, give much. Scatter sunshine, forget self, think of others. Try this for a week and you will be surprised.
2: Norman Vincent Peale. So I have a question for you, Kirthi. And what does Norman Vincent Peale say to someone who has a bad day?
3: He says, have a cup of positivity. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to be a cool guy like Mr. Peale by practicing positive thinking and soar through life with success. I hope you guys enjoyed our show today. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Starstile Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Still You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Still You Are charity, Visit www.bethestudyworld.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Think positive and be positive. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself.